Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome back and Happy New Year. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace. And along with my co-host, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com. Jack, how's your new year going so far? It's off to an excellent start. Especially today, we get to start off the year with a great guest, and I'm super excited for another year of the show. I am as well. Why don't you tell everyone who we have with us? All right. One of the world's leading strategists for the development of a success mindset, Greg Jacobson, has taught hundreds of well-known organizations and high-performing individuals to achieve more, meet objectives faster, and become better team players. Greg is an employee engagement specialist and highly sought-after speaker, trainer, and consultant. His experience and skill sets have realized stellar results for governments, nonprofits, and some of the largest companies in the world. Greg, welcome to Leverage Masters. Thanks, Jack and Gina. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. And good morning and Happy New Year to you and everyone listening. Happy New Year. So you get to kick off 2019 on Leverage Masters. What are you excited about right now? What's your big thing getting you out of bed in the morning? I'm super excited about this event that we've got going on. Uh, January 19th and 20th, we are bringing in the best faculty in the world for nonfiction authors. So this is for people that have already written a book. They've got a platform. They thought that they would put a book out there and, and just it would blow up their business. But uh, the book is just the start. You, you guys are the leverage masters, and you know that, that a book is just leverage to, to bring things to the next level. So the people that didn't know what to do after putting their book out, we have the best faculty in the world to show them what they can do to leverage their book to really take what they're passionate about and their calling and make that their business. Yeah, along with some things that have kind of gotten common in the um, more common in the last oh, decade uh, is the whole idea of publishing and the entire media foundation campaign that has to be set up properly all around it for people to cut through noise and everything. I imagine that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest topics of the whole event, right? Well, it, it certainly is. What it really brings people into the fold is that a book by itself usually isn't enough to create and sustain or maintain the lifestyle that, that people are looking for. You know, If you want to step up your quality of life, there's more than you need to just write a book, put it on Amazon, and, and hope that people um, read it, catch fire, buy it. It just doesn't seem to work. There has to be a plan, a back-end plan that goes along with it. And, again, I've got seven of the top people in the world that will show you what to do with the assets that you already have. Well, I mean, one of the things about this is there are very few things that once people know about it, 
um, that they don't get harder to do. Like they, well, they, they get harder to do because they're too easy. Um, typically like people, when blogging started, everybody thought for a while, that's too hard. I don't want to write. I don't want to do all that stuff. But then people started reporting back their results and they're like, okay, now my business has a blog. And then everybody overnight had a blog. Anything that's easy to replicate or fairly moderately easy to replicate quickly takes off. And people who used to have a voice and a clear stage and presence started having to work harder. But books, books are still hard. Books pass that threshold of, of, yeah, I can't just replicate that. I can't just do what that guy did without doing an awful lot of work as well. And so it still seems to be a very protected area to me. Maybe you can give me some feedback from your experience, but to me it still seems somewhat protected because it is a high bar still to to get over. Um, and therefore you don't have the millions of people just jumping into it like they did with other things that were fairly much easier to replicate. Is that still the case or is it harder for book publishers today than it has been in the last uh, 10 years or so? Well, the volume is certainly growing and the ease of self-publishing is growing. So people that have any kind of message can just put it out there. They don't need to do all the checks and balances to make sure that what they're writing is actually accurate or actually works. Uh, this is kind of a, a different thing. Although that has gone up, the the way to separate yourself, obviously, and to leverage is to become perceived as the top expert in your niche. So what that means is getting the influence of your audience, the, the people that already influence your audience. If you can get them to say great things about you so you don't have to anymore, that really puts you in, a, in the next category. Because I believe that the more that you say how great you are, it truly diminishes your greatness. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. I was just uh, noting on Twitter somebody who um, is a platinum-selling artist, apparently. Uh, the only reason I know that she is is because she put that in her bio on Twitter. And I realized right then that a lot of platinum-selling artists don't say that. They don't have to. If you're really that, if you're really that thing, you don't have to say it. Other people say it about you. And it's one of my favorite leverage tactics of all time. It's link building. I didn't have to prove that I had all the goods all by myself. If I had several sites and, and authority figures linking to my site saying those things about me, and it's usually the people who are going around saying it about themselves that are the least um, – Whatever, they're, whatever it is that they're saying about themselves. I totally agree. And it is a really easy way to leverage your way up in the line, into the spotlight um, much, much faster than just putting in the sweat and tears that it would take for years to do it all by yourself, if you can even achieve it that way, right? You're, you're absolutely right. And it, it's hard to separate yourself because you're, if you write a book on a subject, most likely you aren't the only person to have written a book on that subject. There's probably hundreds or maybe even thousands of books on that same subject that are similarly written to yours. And really, how do you set yourself apart? And the way to do that is to find people that already align with your message, that already have a tribe or a, a following, and then get in the conversation that's already going on in their head and, and in social media. You want to follow these folks. You want to align with them because if the message aligns and you're truly there to help other people, it grows from there. 
if you're the only one beating your drum saying, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, you know, people may not know about you. And if you're just starting, you have to say you're, you're great at something and that you can help other people or how will people know? But you have to go through different stages. And the first stage is obviously you have to tell people that you're an expert, but you have to be an expert. You can't just say you're an expert and then you become an expert. It doesn't work that way. You have to get the training and the knowledge and expertise prior to saying you're an expert. And then you go to, to actually helping people. And then other people will say you're, you are helpful to them and you're an expert. And then your peers will start saying you're an expert. But really getting beyond that is the difficult part. And that's getting media, national media really, to say that you are an expert and the go-to person. And then the influences of your audiences. And I say audiences because you know, people that write on a subject, they probably don't have a single audience. They have several audiences. You know, I know I talk about yeah. being happier in life, but I talk to, to corporate executives and I talk to at-risk students. I mean, they're, they're a very different group of people. However, they, they need to have this information. It's not things that they teach in school, unfortunately. And that's one of the things that I've taught, and I've been very successful at getting um, leverage through endorsements of celebrities and influencers of my audience. And, and I put that into a system and I show other people how to do that so they can get their message out to the world as well. Well, that is all fine and good, right? I, I got people that would always write to me when I was much more active um, in that realm of, you know, getting other people to talk about you. Things are different today from when I used to do it. And, and a lot of people, again, have heard an awful lot about this. You know, they have giant sites for, um, on the very small end, just finding influencers on uh, Instagram and other places to talk about you in a very generic way, not the way you're talking about. But it starts there. So that, and that's where a lot of the awareness is. You've got to get people who have huge followings um, related to the kinds of people um, that you want to follow you to say stuff about you. So that influencer marketing thing has been out there for a while. But when you actually sit down to do this, and this is where people would call me out if I wasn't thorough enough, um, just saying it is one thing. But today, what are some tips that you could give people? What do they need to do when they sit down to actually do it? Because it is daunting. It, when you look at, man, I would really love to be mentioned by this person how do I begin going down that road? Because if they're successful, if they're really sought after, there's a lot of people in line in front of you just trying to do the same thing. How do you stick out for the influencers that you, whose attention you want to capture? You know, you hit the nail right on the head. You have to align with people because you can't just go out there and start asking, first of all. You can't be a selfish person. So I help people that help other people. I don't just help people that want to get famous or want to grow their brand. They actually have to have a, a life skill that helps people solve serious life challenges and in quick style. And to be able to actually do that is, is pretty rare. You know, a lot of people say that they can help and they just cite other people's information. I'm talking about people who actually can go in and solve problems, not just give advice. People don't want advice. They want solutions. So the first thing is you've got to make sure that you actually have solutions. Then the next thing is who is the influencer or the influencers of your audience? And the way to figure that out is to reverse engineer and to figure out who your audience actually is. You know, what, are they, 
what do they think? What do they, where do they work? How do, what do they eat? What do they watch on TV? I mean, really, who are the people that uh, you are speaking to? And you get those audiences dialed in. And then once you have that, you figure out who are the people that influence those groups. I would start with an individual group instead of thinking globally. But who influences this group specifically? Because like you said, it's the people that are strong in those areas. It's not necessarily a, a Brad Pitt or a Jennifer Aniston that's going to grow your, your following. It, it depends on your subject. So you find people that are influencers on your subject, I mean, true influencers. Then you want to research them. You want to find out what currently influences them because people are influenced by what they're already influenced by. You don't need to try to create that. It's already there. So you follow that and you, and you start taking part in conversations that are already happening. What, what do they comment on that's a personal item? I mean, obviously, their business is their business. Everybody knows their business. But it's really latching on to the personal things that they talk about that are really important to them and then establish commonalities. And it's always about being genuine. You're never trying to make up something where they say, you know, my, my – you know, maybe there's somebody that you're trying to, to get to, to say something about your work and you find out that they have a, uh, a challenge, that they're, maybe their parents are ailing, they're getting old, and maybe they're having some form of dementia. And you can, you can really talk to them on that level if, if you're going through the same thing, but you don't ever want to say, hey, my, my mom is having dementia when, when she's not. It's always about being genuine because there's so many things that you could connect with people on so many different items that you just have to read between the lines and look at specifically what interests and influences them and then find commonalities. And that's how you make friends anywhere. You find things in common and yeah. you, you continue to talk about those things. Yeah. So like if you were, let's pick a celebrity like Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk in the Marvel movies and, and other things, uh, I, I follow him and I realize he's really heavily into politics and also other uh, really substantive issues of like human rights stuff and things like that. And so would you, if you need, you know, what his business is, you know, he's connected in Hollywood, you know, he's connected to producers and directors. And if that was your goal one day to make your way in that direction, then what would be your recommendation in following somebody like that? How to pick apart what they're interested in in that way? Or is it even worth it? Because sometimes I look at that and I go, some people are so big. Like when, when I wanted to, uh, when I was growing my agency, I wanted to connect with, I thought, celebrities and do their web presence, their media, their marketing and things like that. But so many people seem to be beating down their door. And, and, and I had checked off all the boxes. I was an expert. I had a proven ability to do it in other areas, and I wanted to move into the celebrity space. Um, and then I would stop with just, this is just a fantasy. And, and I got to the point where I was intimidated myself, and I had reached out and interviewed some of the biggest names out there and everything, and I wasn't easily intimidated, but I reached my point. My point was with people like Ruffalo and, and things like that, and never really pursued it further because I talked myself out of it thinking, I know the formula. I know what I should try to do here, but it just seems so big. It just seems so daunting. And I wonder if that translates to people who are getting more getting started where a lot more people could look like that, even like what we would consider medium-sized experts, um, where they look at them and it's like, wow, that's just a mountain too tall. How do, how do you talk to people 
to get them to understand that that is possible for them too. It's be- that's a beautiful thing that you brought up because it's like the, you know, when you're in school and you're, you know, you've got this beautiful woman or young girl and you want to ask her out on a date and you're thinking she would never go out with me because she's the prettiest girl in school, but that's what everybody's thinking. So she's the lonely one. Nobody ever asks her out. Ah. So th- those are exactly the kind of things, although these celebrities are not waiting for your call and your contact. It's a little different for that. But but you would think that that's true. However, it is not true. I think that most people are in the same boat as you and thinking that's that's impossible. And I have friends and worked with people who have got celebrity endorsements from people that you would think that is completely impossible. I mean, think as big as you can think, and they thought even bigger. Uh, they've got um, celebrity endorsements from the Dalai Lama. I have people that I've worked with that um, that have got uh, endorsements from the Vatican. From the Vatican. I mean, who would even think to to go to those extremes? But nonetheless, it happened. So there is no one, I would say, adventure say, or virtually no one that can't be gotten to uh, on on a heart level to where they you if you work this properly and you're genuine about your approach in, in every step of the way, there will be a point that these folks, at least a lot of them will say to you, you know, Jack, you have done so much for me. You're such a good guy. You do such good work. What can I do for you? You don't even have to bug them and bug them. So they do things for you. They will offer it up because you're going to be genuine and you're going to follow this path and you're going to become a value in their life. You're going to, you're going to add so much value and you're going to truly care so much that they will ask you what they can do for you. Now, what I suggest is that people make a list of hundreds of people that are on their list, then break that down to the people that they, they most want to have influence their audience and then start with the top 10 list. And then I would do three people at a time then another three people, then another three people, because it takes a little while for them to get what you're sending them or to catch on on social media. But if I were going after a celebrity on social media, I wouldn't tell them about what a great actor they are, how, what, what amazing work they do. That, they, they get that all the time. But when they post something like their daughter is in a, a swim meet this coming weekend, if you follow up on Monday, it says, you know, uh, how did the swim mate go? I hope you had a, a great weekend, and congratulations if she won. That That is a personal message that they're thinking, you know, this person spent a little time and cares about me, and the more consistently you do that, again, being genuine, the better response you'll get over time. Yeah. What about just being solidly in your market, whatever it is that you're focused on, in your expertise, serving people, and stuff coming out of the blue? And what I mean by that is it's not a real good strategy to just, you know, not be purposeful and do the things that you're talking about as well. But I, uh, I do more consulting now with nonprofits, and I have another uh, podcast that I talk to leaders in uh, the nonprofit world for conservation. And one of my last interviews was with a woman who is the director of Project Coyote, and uh, they're in California, so they have the proximity for celebrities, but that's not what helped her in this particular case. She got an email and said later the only reason that she could even address this person who emailed is that she didn't know at first who he was because she wouldn't have the courage to even, she wouldn't know what to do. She was starstruck after she found out. But um, 
you know, we just uh, got over the Golden Globes and Bohemian Rhapsody won for Best Motion Picture, and that's been a big buzz all year. And during this year, Brian May actually emailed her, said he really loved the work they were doing. Nobody had contacted him. Nobody, not a board member or anybody made a connection or anything like that. He just loved the work they were doing, and he donated his, uh, one of his Red Queen guitars for auction to wow. raise money for their organization. <laughs> and they were just doing their thing. They were just doing their thing, and they were doing it with such passion. Um, they also had Peter Coyote on their board, and he talks, which is ironic, you know, Coyote, Project Coyote. Uh, and he, you know, always speaks for them and everything. And, again, that probably is proximity. That's They're based in California, and they go to a lot of fundraisers and things where celebrities will show up. Um, but the Brian May thing just came completely out of the blue as a result of him just from afar as a fan appreciating their work. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that, too. When you're just really being good at what you do and really helpful to people and really standing out in that way, some of these things come to you, don't they? Oh, my goodness, do they ever. And they come from the strangest places and the weirdest times. And and I'm I'm so blessed to have found my calling in life and to be able to stay on that path and do that and only that. I mean, all I do is what floats my boat. It's really helping other people and being able to spend time with my friends and family. I don't do anything else. That's all I do. I don't do – I used to work really hard to maintain my lifestyle and to to do everything I can just so my family could have it all. But doing that really put the pressure on me to earn more, earn more, earn more which meant working more, working more, working more. And the relationship with my family suffered quite a bit for quite a long time. It was very, very successful in business. However, wasn't near as successful uh, in the other areas of my life just because that's not where my focus was going. My focus was on earning, earning, earning. And I grew this huge business that took a lot of my attention. And my paradigm it took a long time to shift from you know, I've got to do this for my family to grow this to why am I doing this all in the first place anyway? I mean, I knew why I was doing it on some level and it was to, to grow and contribute. This is when I, I had actually a ticket business, the largest concert sports and theater ticket company in the world. But doing that, I was working, you know, hundred hour plus work weeks, 120 hour work weeks. Didn't get to spend any time, with my family doing the things that I really wanted to do until uh, I had a, an epiphany one day that this was, I was doing everything wrong and gave up the business, you know, sold half of my half to my partner. And, you know, over time that fell apart, but it, the, the, the universe conspires for you. The universe is always trying to help you in every way possible. You just have to be really aware and open to the opportunities that come. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities that, take you away from what you're really passionate about because it seems like a, a good idea to be able to earn more or it's just something different, you know, stick with the path. If you've got a, a calling, if you feel that you really were put on this planet to do certain things to help other people, it, you are, you, you know, people, most people don't find that calling ever. And if the, if you do, 
grab it and run with it because it'll it will add you know seven days to every week it'll add 365 days to every year it'll make your life special and spectacular because you'll be able to be part of the solution instead of just trying to figure out who you are and why you're here you know, and that's again i'm just very blessed to have found that sometimes you can tell when people are being tactical and strategic rather than mission driven if you know what i mean like so true Absolutely. You can, the way that people stick out to me, and I think this is true for a lot of other people that I've talked to, is when you discover that rare gym that's just totally living their passion. And whether you like them or not, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and, and many others, he's always one of my big examples of, I just think he's going to be who he is, whether he has a million person audience or not. It's, and you can tell it's some so people true. are just doing what they're doing. And he's got strategy and tactics out the wazoo. That's one of the reasons that people follow him, and he uses those. But sure. there's something on top of that. There's a layer on top of that with certain people. You can pick them out in a conference. You can pick them out in a room sometimes. Sometimes, you know, there's you make mistakes. And it's like, whoa, you're really mission-driven. I did not seem very tactical what you were doing there. And after a while, you get kind of like, You've been to a lot of these things. You've met an awful lot of people in your industry. You can tell who's the generic type and who's the authentic type, usually, when you walk in a room. And then you have to be careful not to blow people off too soon or make snap judgments after you've been around for a while. But, you know, for those of you who are getting started, um, you do develop that sense of who's the real person in the room. And I think that those real people in the room, the, re- the way they stick out, that's why more and more things happen for them than other people. And I don't think the other people understand why. But that, for me, is one of the big whys, that those guys really succeed. I mean, you're one of those guys, and you would stick out in the room, and people would just gravitate toward you. Well, so do deals. So do things that, you know, you've asked the universe for. So do all the things you didn't ask, because it's always conspiring, as you said. But how do you get people to understand the difference between the two of those things? Because a lot of people still go around and they sound like, you know, real local real estate people and car salesmen on behalf of their precious mission. If it's so important, why would you ever sound like that? I I think that there is that separation because some people are doing things to get a result and some people are doing things because they just feel like they must. So when the tacticians that approach you, they're they're trying to get their message across as well. They've just been taught that they have to go through these certain steps in order to, to grow their own personal celebrity so they can get their message across. And that's not really how it works. The Really how it works is, is being genuine and being a helpful, giving, sharing person and making it not about you. I don't mean completely selfless. I mean, if you are in a networking opportunity – your job is not speed dating and collecting cards. Your job would be in that moment is to connect with a single person at a time. You're connecting with one person. It doesn't matter who's walking by. It doesn't matter who's famous in that room. It's getting all of your energy and focus to the person in front of you and genuinely listening and caring and, and being part of their solution. So when I'm, when I'm doing networking, I, I hate calling it networking because it seems like something I have to do. Like, let's do this to get a result. What I'm doing is I'm Don't you hate it when, when some of your favorite yeah. words get taken away from you like that? 
Like you, you, you have a word you typically use and you've used it all your life and you've used it the right way, the way that pleases you. And then somebody, uh, you know, just comes along and craps on it. Like, crap, I can't use networking anymore. But what do I say? Because that's the word everybody identifies with. I, I feel your pain. Man. I've got several words on that connecting. list. Yeah, it's yeah, connecting. connecting. When I go I, – I'm saying, listen, what value can I bring to the people in this room? Like when I hear people speak, I'm listening to ways that I can help them. Who would you like to meet? What steps do you need to take to get to where you really want to be? I'm listening at a deeper level. And then I, I match with that person and I walk up and I say, listen, you know, I heard what you say. I'm, it totally resonates with me. I've got somebody that, that I think that you should meet or talk to. You know, grab a pen. I'm going to give you some information. I'm going to connect you with this person because I'm listening and thinking of how can I get this person further down the road that they want to go, not how can I uh, exploit this relationship? What can I get from this? I think so many people are thinking when they go somewhere, what can I get out of this to move me forward? But if you ask yourself, what can I give and what can I share to help move other people forward? you know that the quickest way to get what you want is to help lots of other people get what they want. I mean, Jim Rome proved that for years and years and Tony Robbins has followed that. And, you know, he's blown up and become, you know, an icon. I've known 20, Tony for you know over 25 years now, and he's the true deal because he, for him, it's about connecting and getting the results for the people on the other side. It's not getting himself more popular. It's not really what he's about at all. And he's, I don't know how many people actually know him or, or know about him, but they, they look at Tony Robbins as a, um, as a guy who's a motivational speaker. He's, he's not – I mean, of course, he's motivating for sure, but that's not his thing. His thing is what do you need and how can I help drive you to where you want to go? Uh, in the quickest possible way. And I've, I've followed suit with that as well. I don't use, uh, you know, Tony-isms. I don't speak like Tony. But I believe that you don't need to go through years of therapy to get where you want to go. You don't have to go through the pain of your past. You just have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing, how you want to feel, and what will help you get there specifically right now. What do I need to do today to get me closer to where I really want to go? and not take me off of the path with some shiny penny. So these are things that, that, um, that I teach and I share with, again, from underprivileged kids um, or kids on small islands even. I, I went to the Cook Islands, went to an island called Aitutaki. There were 1,200 people that lived there. I went and spoke to the 250 kids on this island to, to share paradigms and ideas that, that they don't have access to there. And I know that it made a difference, but again, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I don't go back and back and back. I go and I share. And the people that are there to receive my message, I believe that the universe is again conspiring for all of us. So the people that needed to hear my message were there, and I don't need to follow up and follow through to make sure that they received what I was trying to put out. I believe that the universe is, is making that happen, so I just do my thing and move on. And that's really what connects me is to, to try to help other people get through difficult situations that they're in or to realize that there's more to life maybe than they're experiencing right now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of lights to be turned on yet in the human race in so many different areas. 
you are going to get to do this for as long as you want, and we could use you for about 1,200 more generations if you'd like to stick around <laughs> because it's, there's an awful lot of that, it, and it touches everything. It really doesn't matter what your uh, personal uh, interest and experience is in, in helping people. The things that you're talking about are true in, in, in every kind of niche you can think of, in every kind of situation, this humanity problem, our problem with figuring out who we are, why we're here, and you know, how we can serve each other and help each other is massive and global and universal. And um, y- you know, I think a lot of times we get caught up talking about why Tony Robbins is famous. Like why, like a lot, I hear a lot of people, they think that he was famous and then he developed all this stuff. Uh, of, of his character, of his no, he's famous because of his character, and the people that he's totally. with, and it just grew and grew and grew. That that was a byproduct of who he is, and a lot of people read that the wrong way, and they shouldn't be reading whether that or that's just superfluous information, right? Don't we get stuck in the details so much that we can spend a significant amount of our lives uh, worrying about stuff that doesn't even matter? Mission-driven people really don't – I don't see them getting bogged down in things like this, side discussions about, you know, because uh, they – like you said, they wake up and they're like, what do I need to get done today? And it certainly isn't debating whether or not Tony Robbins should be followed because he is either genuine or not. Or, you know, they don't get bogged down in that crap. They really don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, I've noticed. They don't you know, they don't do a lot of the things that the, the bigger part of humanity seems to be into. How do you keep – what kind of advice do you give people to stay out of that trap? Because you can find yourself, as I have, in it without even no, noticing that you got into it. It's very pervasive and very easy to get dragged into things that really don't matter to your bottom line, to your growth, to your mission to help other people. I'm glad you asked that question because it, it's actually pretty simple. You focus on the things that you can control in life and possibly some of the things that you can influence in life. And the things that you either can't control or, or can't influence in any way, let them go. Because what's the point? What's the point of, of worrying about politics if you're not a politician or worrying about the weather if you're not a meteorologist? I mean, all you got to do is look at the weather. If you need a jacket, grab a jacket. If you don't need a jacket, then you don't grab a jacket. But don't complain about what, what the weather's like today because you can't control it. Focus on what you can control. You can only control four things, what you think, what you say, what you feel, and what you do. And really the only important thing is what you do. So if you can focus on, on what to do within yourself, that's going to give you the greatest quality of life. And I'm not an expert in, in every area of life, that's for sure. But what I do is I study the people that have mastery in the areas that I would like to have mastery. And then I do what they do if I can. And then I get similar results. So when I wrote this book to try to help people get out of their emotional suffering uh, and to try to have some emotional resilience in their life, I didn't know how else to deliver this information other than a book. I don't know anything about blogs or you know, podcasts or any of those things. And a lot of people think that you need to know everything about everything. You've got to be a social media expert. You've got to have all these fans and followers. And, and that's just not true. What you have to have is, is a, a passionate message and the ability to help other people and the desire to help other people. And then you can leverage those ideas and 
into something spectacular that isn't all about you. It's really all about serving and helping the planet at a deeper level. So when I, when I put this book out, I didn't know what to do. So I reached out to my virtual mentors, people that I didn't know. I said, look, this is the challenge that the world is having right now. These are the skills that I believe that I can share with other people to, to get them from unhappy to happy in literally an hour. I can teach them these skills and it's a lifetime of you know, practicing, but they'll have the basics down in an hour. Will you help me share this message? Cause I feel it's an important message because you have a lot of influence and lo and behold, every one of them said, yes, there were, there weren't anybody who said no, because it wasn't about help me. It was help me help these people. It's always a selfless act. How can I help other people? And will you please help me help other people because you're a good person and you're already doing this. And that's how I, I started to gain these, uh, these celebrity endorsements. But then there's a lot you need to do to, to get books sold other than have celebrity endorsements. So what I did is I got a faculty together of the people that I know that are the best in the world in their niche of how to sell more books, how to create programs, how to create um, a, a platform that is actually paying money. So I got the best people in the world from Jack Canfield, who is the chicken soup for the soul guy. He's got over 500 mm-hmm. million books in print, 500 million. I mean, that's an, a staggering <laughs> number. Uh, and I've, I put uh, Steve Harrison on, as faculty, I don't know if you're aware of Steve Harrison. He's the number one guy in the world at getting free publicity for people, teaching them how to do that. Then I've got other staff to teach you how to get corporate sponsorships so you don't have to work anymore. You can just do what your passion is and share that and get paid to do that. Uh, I show how to get uh, – I don't show, but I have faculty that teaches how to get your books into libraries and how to get into big box stores like Walmart and Target and Costco and how to get your – your book into uh, bookstores at airports. So these are the things that, that people would think would be you know, impossible. Like, how do you do this? You got to get a publicist. You got to hire people to do this for you. You really don't. You just have to find the best in the world. You have to pick one or two that resonate with you because you can't do everything because that's impossible, but you can really be good at two or three things and hit it out of the park and have an amazing quality of life and have celebrities as your friends and, really be honored with with you know, accolades and, and awards. But more than that, people that, that seek me out and leave me a, a message, whether it's digitally or, or send me a letter that says, you know, I don't know how you found me or how I found you, but you reached me right at the time that I needed you and you've made mm. a huge difference in my life. So thank you. And, and those those are the ones that I get from people that I don't remember talking to, or I was at an event talking to you know, 500 people or a thousand people or a hundred people or, or just a group full of kids. And I know they've got stone faces while you're talking to them. There's not a lot of reaction or response. And I just yeah. have to know that I'm guided and doing the right thing. And then later I'll have a teacher call me or say, you know, this, this kid talked to me and said they were thinking about suicide. And, you know, now they go home and they're teaching their their parents' financial advice. And, you know, don't know what I say that resonates during my talk. There's a lot of things that I touch on that I feel are important. And everybody gets something different out of them. And what, I, what I've started to do more is at the end of speaking, I, I, I 
pull from the audience, what did you extrapolate from what I said? What did you get from what I just said? And I'll tell you, the answers that I get are mind-bending because it's not what I meant to say. I didn't mean to get that across necessarily. However, what they picked up from it was something huge and life-changing for them, even though that wasn't truly my intent to get that piece of information across, but somehow I do. And I just know over and over that I'm guided to do this. So if you're out there listening and you have a calling, you're able to help people, truly help people with a problem that they're having that keeps them up at night. I recommend spending much more time doing that because you're a hero. You know, I don't liken myself to a hero, although I know that I've done some amazing things to help people's lives and it makes me feel really good about myself. And it's those are the things that really do it for me. It's not about, oh, I made this check or I made a you know, a million dollars in a minute, which I've done before, and, and that all seems fine and dandy. But when you're focusing on what to do next, you kind of miss the moment. So for me, I'm just trying to live more in the moment and really getting across to people uh, heartfelt things that I believe can help their life, and, and I'm having a really good go of it. You mentioned something that was another uh, time sink um, for a lot of people who are coming up, and that is trying to trying to discern from all the advice that's out there, all the things you can do to get publicity. And uh, we started very early before marketers um, even thought about blogs. They always thought that, including me, thought that those things were for, you know, uh, girls to talk about boys and what they ate at high school and this today for lunch and stuff like that. And largely in, in one sense, in the beginning, it was very, you know, gossipy and just didn't seem, nobody knew that there was any marketing value whatsoever in connecting with possible clients that way. And then, and then we were like, okay, I start, I started blog success and there's a big membership and everybody was coming in to learn how to, you know, write content that would attract their ideal customers and visitors. And then, of course, we're talking about search engine optimization. And it was a very young time still on the Internet, around 2004, 5, 6, that, that there were only a few things you could do. And it seemed manageable. And we're all like, okay, we're all do-it-yourselfers, and we're all experts at these three or four things. And it wasn't so hard, and, and a lot of people got really big that way. And there wasn't any social media influencers or anything quite yet, so you had to make your own way. But that never translated. The day that everything flipped over and everybody had a blog and everybody had a Facebook page with a ton of followers and and all of that, that the leverage in the room, the balance got offset. And a lot of people kept on going with, i got to do everything myself and then I'm going to be an expert and teach everybody else who follows me to do everything themselves. But all the things got way too big and there was no way to do it. And I kind of wanted to get you to give listeners a sense of what it's like when you look out over, if, if the internet and, and, and offline and everything was uh, just a landscape spread out in front of you, I know that you look at that differently than people who are mired in the, I've got to have an Instagram account and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Because I think you look at things differently. You, you know everybody's got a blog, and you know you can go get on that blog. You can have them talk about you, and you don't have to write a word of content yourself. What does your world paint a little bit more of a picture of that? Because it is a liberating feeling for a lot of people to go, wait, I don't have to do all this stuff. The, the biggest mind shift for me was stop selling. 
know, I've been a salesman since I was a little kid, and it's always about positioning and leveraging people to buy what you're selling. But the truth is you don't have to convince a hungry monkey to eat a banana. Just give them a banana. And these people are dying for your content. Just give them content. Give them what they want and be genuine. And then you'll see that if your stuff is really good, they're going to want more of it. And they're going to beg for more of it. And the more you give, the more they're going to say, well, you must, you've given me so much. What can I buy from you? Because you've got to have your best stuff. You can't be just giving out your best stuff. You've got to be selling that. And it's true. So the best thing is to just give and give and give and create so much value that they wouldn't want to go anywhere else or they wouldn't, they don't think that you're trying to take from them them, because they're sure that you're giving them. And this is exactly what Steve Harrison is is a great example of that. So through my life, I've always found virtual mentors and I've found what they've done and, and to be successful, I've copied what they've done and I've been successful myself the vast majority of the time. Uh, Steve Harrison, uh, I was told about this guy, and he's really big on the East Coast. And uh, I started listening to his things, and and he gave so much information, just gave and gave and gave. So I I followed what he said, and I implemented some of his strategies, and lo and behold, I got results, just like he said I would. And then I felt the best thing to do would be to make Steve my friend, and invest in Steve, let him know that I've invested in him, and then let's see if we can build a relationship from there because he's got so many insights. He's just so brilliant, and he's just got so much to share. So he gave first, gave first, and then I signed up for some coaching for him for a year. And I don't normally get coaches, although I think everyone should have a coach if they find the right one or a mentor. That That's the way that you really get results is if you find someone who's had great success and they're willing to work with you to get you help you get the success that you're looking for and then you follow their advice and then you become an important part of their life and give to them, you will have amazing results. You have like a 95% success rate when you do that. And when you just publicly commit to something, you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to exercise this year and you put it out on social media and you – you just put that out there, your success rate's about 4%. That's it. But if you have a time frame and you have a proven method, that goes up to 44%. It's 11 times greater. Then when you have accountability, either, whether in a group or a personal setting, that, goes, that number goes up to 65% success rate. But then when you have a mentor, like I said, it goes up to 95%. So you really, when you're working by yourself, doing things on your own, you almost can't succeed. And when you find someone who's been successful at what you want to do and they're willing to work with you and you do put in the effort, the earnest effort, you almost can't fail. And that is the big difference. I think so many people will just try to do things on their own, and they touch on this and they touch on that. They don't really dive in deep in any area. It's it's just a very superficial knowledge. And then they they learn a little bit, and then they profess to be the experts, and then they – they share that on their blogs or whatever because maybe they've had a little success. But stick with what you're really, really good at. Stick with what you're an expert at and prove to people that you know what you're doing and that you can help them. And when you help people through a problem in their life that they're having, they're indebted to you forever. They, they just feel like they want to help you and help your business grow, and, and they will be the ones to beat your drum so you don't have to. 
the people that have succeeded that you've helped, and then the influencers of those people. Again, you want to align yourself with them. You want to be part of their solution in their life. You want them to like you and care about you in a genuine way. And then they'll they'll be um, a great boon for your business because they'll say great things about you again so you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's simple to say. There's a lot of things to do, but not as much as people are doing out there now and not getting any results. But you just have to do the work that you really want to do. And I think it's it's just a, an inflection point in people's lives where they realize, wait a minute, I was being too – I need to do something. I heard this was a good thing to do, so I'm going to go do that to get my personal goals fulfilled. And and that's not a bad thing if you realize at one point, some point during that, hopefully early, that there has to be passion tied to it because you'll never get anywhere you want to go if you're just going through the motions, right? <laughs> you have to that's, that's have totally to really right. believe in something it, and really go. You have to do it because I think people will say that they're an expert, and then they try to convince people, other people and themselves that they're an expert, and they feel like a fraud because they're trying to build a platform instead of actually try to make a difference in the world. So if you're going out there and you're helping people, I got a, a friend of mine, Alex, and Alex helps people out of debt. Uh, he helps people in massive ways. I mean, I've, I've seen people that were on the brink of suicide totally turn their life around only just from financial uh, intelligence and to be able to do the right thing and know that there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel that's not a train. You know, and he works with, with poor people in India at, with a company called Power to Me. And Alex didn't worry about growing his celebrity or his uh, – uh, or to grow his, his format, really. He just took the information that he learned, and he put it out there to, to share with people, and he's had amazing success because what he's interested in is – bringing families out of debt, bringing people out of depression because of financial problems. And that is a big problem. I mean, a really, really big problem all over the world. And Alex is led with, you know, I'm going to share, I'm going to give. He's helped hundreds of families out of debt in New Zealand before he took this online to India. And now he's got hundreds of thousands of people that have signed up for his program. And he does these, these financial programs for like 100 bucks. I mean, stuff that would that would be hmm. tens of thousands of dollars in California. He he wants to just share with the world, and he doesn't care if there's a, a group of ten people that got together to come up with a hundred bucks for this two year program. He just wants to to make a difference and a tipping point on this planet where people are self sufficient and that abundance is the word of the day and not scarcity. So that's a really good point. He, he, it sounds like he went straight to the people who really needed what he had, and he didn't mess around. Like, that's a mission-driven person, right? They, they're like, what? I need to solve this problem. And they're not even thinking like this. They're not thinking strategically or tactically or anything. They just It's obvious to them, i got to go to these people. I have to go to India. I have to make this mark um, <laughs> in the world by helping all of these people and they're not even thinking about the mark. The mark just happens. The following just happens. The success just happens. But it sounds like another person who just went after what they absolutely needed to do and went after the audience that they needed to have directly as possible. And I'm sure there were some trials and tribulations and some, you know, but they're different. 
talk about that for just a second as we uh, begin to wrap up here. But they, it's not like people are floating into these things just because they're thinking the right way or whatever. There's a lot of work involved. But can you describe the difference between the work that you're doing on your passion and the work that you do because the, the work to pay the bills and the, and the work that I'd really rather do? Uh, so yeah, I decided I decided that I'm not going to do the things that I don't want to do anymore. I made this this conscious decision about a year ago. I'm not going to work with people that I don't want to work with. I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do. I'm not going to go places that I don't want to go. I'm not going to pressure cook myself. And it sounds like, okay, yeah, everybody would make that decision if they could, but everybody has to work. Well, that's true. Everybody does have to have to work. So my mission is to help people with what I want to help them with, not what necessarily other people want to help them with. So, but other people that have a passion. So let's say, uh, you know, I work with, with people that have lost children and I can't, can't even think of something more difficult than, than losing a child, but they can either be crushed by this or they could leverage this terrible feeling and learn to take their learnings and share that with other people who are in difficult situations as well. So, what what do you do to do that? So my passion is to go out and, and help individuals with, again, what I want to help them with. It's, it's emotional resilience. It's, a, a, it's that mindset of that things could be better. And what do I need since I'm in charge of my life? How can I make them better? But the way that I, that I make my money is by helping other people share their passions. So when I do this celebrity endorsements or influencer endorsements, it's for people that don't know how to get their message out to the people that need it. And so I've decided as a business, I can show them how to do that. But my passion is to show kids that they can have more in their life than they're, than they have right now. And I don't mean physical things. I mean more of a feeling of, I like who I am. I like what I'm doing. I like the people that I'm doing it with. And I think that's missing so much in this world that I, I try to marry those two, my business and my passion, that hopefully my passion grows enough to where uh, I can only work with a couple people that I want to work with, and then I don't have to continue to, to get new business all the time. So I'm focusing right now on speaking uh, on cruise ships, on the cruise ships that I want to speak with and certain celebrities and Royal families that, that uh, I work with and that need me, whether it's their, their kids or themselves um, with these paradigms because they have such high responsibilities, but they're in such a, a tight bubble that they don't get this kind of accurate information about the world and, and how people should act because they're, again, they're kind of put on a pedestal and they they have an idea of that their world is different than everybody else's, but it's not not necessarily. Everybody wants the same things. Everybody wants to be desired and loved and appreciated. And how do you do that? You know, whether you're a, a king of a country or a prince or a CEO or just a, a student, how do you how do you make other students around you feel good? It's because you got to feel good yourself first. And what does that take? And really the question I start with is how do you want to feel? 
not what do you want, because most people don't know what they want. They know what they don't want. But if you start with how do I want to feel, you can follow up with, okay, well, what's it going to take for me to feel that way? And I help people by asking them questions about what they want. I don't have the answers. It's not a cookie-cutter thing. It's a questions. What, what works for you? What do you want to do? Who do you want to become? And with those, you become uh, more of a, a person who is on the self-discovery path. And then you want to share yourself and, and what you've learned with others, and it becomes a, an unselfish act. And the more you help and the more you give, the more you get, the more you grow, and the, the better your life becomes. Because it's really about giving rather than receiving. You want to be a good receiver too, but really it's about being a, a good selfless giver, and that's how your life will become the most spectacular that it can. That's what I found. Awesome. If I had a book right now and I was either starting out or I was on my 14th book and I wanted to have an easier go than the previous 13 times, I can't think of a better place and a better room with the highest density of people who can help you than what I'm seeing here at the Author Millionaire Weekend Summit. Uh, It's coming right up January 18th and 20th, it looks like. But if I was in that situation, I'd be booking my ticket right now because I can't think of a better place I could go uh, to support my journey and accelerate it than hanging out with you guys because you really have packed the room with some deep, deep bench there. Yeah, it's, I, I did this on purpose. First of all, there's only 150 people, the participants in this room. So everybody's going to get individual attention. We've also got, like I said, about seven of the best speakers and faculty from around the country uh, at, to teach the different niches that they uh, are experts in. So people can make a million dollars from their book and their idea now, if you focus on only money, then it's it's not going to be as sweet of a victory than if you really just focus on helping other people and the money comes because it really does. But you can't, like I said before, you can't do everything. Not everything resonates with you. Everybody's different. But if you're an author, you already have a book and you help people, there's going to be seven authors and seven speakers at this place, I mean, 150 authors, seven speakers, all these speakers have books already. But you're going to follow, you're going to have a couple of them, one or two or three maybe that resonate with you. And if you follow exactly what they say and do, you're going to have massive success. You are not going to do all of these things. You may not even be on path to do all of these things because everybody's different place in their journey. Like you said, you might have just finished your book. You might have a book out right now. You might have a book that's two or three years old that you thought that that was just gone and, and you don't know what to do with it. But I'm telling you that we can take the assets that you already have and leverage them into being able to help a lot more people on a much deeper level, much faster, and make a ton more money doing it, a ton more. That I promise for this weekend, guaranteed. There is a link wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Uh, it's very long, uh, so we've made it easier for you. Just click whatever link you hear with wherever you are right now, and uh, you can get to the summit. Greg, really, really awesome. I'm already thinking about the next time you come on. I hope you will. Uh, I had a great time today. Thank you so much for being on Leverage Masters. Me too, Jack, and you and Gina can certainly come to the event there's a you know very few seats left, but I would love for you to be my VIP guest. 
It is, again, January 19th and 20th. You had mentioned the 18th because there's a VIP check-in on the 18th. We have a couple of VIP tickets left. But if you want access to all of these uh, great faculty and you want to learn directly from them of what to do to, to take your life literally to the next level and to the top level, uh, this is the way to do it. Thank you so much, and we'll be back next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you again for your time. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.